0: Movie Never Ends, a movie review podcast. I'm Emily.
1: And I'm Nick.
0: And uh, we just went and saw the movie Unsane by Steven Soderbergh.
1: Had nothing to do with the band Unsane. No. A little Matador <laughs> in-joke there.
0: <laughs> There's probably like two other people that know the band Unsane. <laughs> and really, they should be ashamed of themselves. That's a terrible band.
1: I don't think they're that bad. It's a
0: really bad well, band. Whatever. Anyways, we're not reviewing that band. We are re- <laughs> reviewing the movie Unsane. Uh, So I guess I'll start it off by giving you a little summary of this movie. While trying to reestablish a normal life after fleeing Boston in a last-ditch effort to shake a stalker, Sawyer Valentini decides to see a therapist at a local hospital. Admitting to occasional suicidal thoughts proves to be enough justification for what we find out is this corrupt psychiatric institution uh, to lock lock up Sawyer for seven days. During that time, she is confronted by hostile patients and even her stalker masquerading as a new hire on the ward. Alrighty, so that's that's my summary. I that's hope it was summary. concise enough. I, <laughs> I totally spoiled something, but I think you get that idea. In the, what, what do the, you think you spoiled there? Oh, just that her stalker is there. Well, that's in, in the, the hospital
1: trailer. Well, now, uh, okay. there is
0: mystery. I think implied initially about like whether or not she is actually seeing her stalker. They're or trying to
1: sell you on that, but they don't actually have that in the movie. I think that th- that is it's a it's not really uh much of a question as to whether or not she's really sane i think that was like that was one of the things i found intriguing about the trailer and the r- first reviews i read about it i was hoping it would be like a mystery like you'd be like it'd be a point of view shot and you don't know if uh if you don't if the person you're, you're seeing the movie from the point of view of is sane or not you know there's been some other hard movies like that there's also like some arty movies uh robert altman's images comes to mind but this this movie clearly i think tells you that she's not insane and that the guy is really there from like pretty much the get-go yeah
0: I I would say that there might be like a couple seconds where you're like oh is that really him or is she just seeing him because initially they kind of set it up with like her having these flashbacks you know or not flashbacks like hallucinations like visual hallucinations like other people other men she sees his face instead of theirs occasionally yeah
1: very briefly and then but then she blinks and goes away I mean that's why
0: I think that's why she goes to see the therapist in the first place Mm mm-hmm but yeah, no, there's not a whole lot of uh, yeah. mystery, you know, about whether or not he's actually there. He is there.
1: Yeah, l- less twisty than I would have thought, um,
0: but full of plot holes.
1: Oh my god! So <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like the roads around here now. There's so many like potholes in that plot.
1: Soderbergh is is an interesting guy in, in film. I mean, he's a guy who who said he was like retiring a couple years ago to paint full time. really and then yeah he did yeah Uh, (laughs) and that lasted
0: all of what 10 minutes
1: like like a year (laughs) side effects was supposed to be his last movie actually
0: wow that came out in 2013 yes
1: it came out in 2013 and then um he came back you know and he made uh lucky logan i think was the name of the movie last year right yeah um which i which i quite like no no, it's logan lucky logan lucky yeah
0: which i think explains why that movie didn't do better it's the title
1: should have been lucky logan
0: well or just something (laughs) else entirely you gotta
1: lead with the luck Uh, which was a, a pretty fun, like you know, kind of redneck heist movie, um, with with uh, Channing Tatum and Adam Driver, and I think actually one of the better Adam Driver performances I've ever seen, a, a pretty notable performance, mm.
0: and maybe my favorite Daniel Craig.
1: Yeah, well, that's not. I a don't high like bar. him though. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be why.
1: Yeah, um, but but anyway, so this is a movie, um, Soderbergh loves to make things super fast, he makes tons of work, I mean, what were you saying, he's got like 42? Yeah, 42. I, I
0: was looking this up, because I, I actually asked our Google Home earlier to tell me what movies uh, Steven Soderbergh directed. And literally it was like, oh, Steven Soderbergh made, and it like listed like three movies and 52 others. And that's actually, <laughs> <laughs> that conflicts slightly with uh, IMDb's number. IMDb lists uh, 42 directing credits,
2: yeah. but like
0: equally like 40 some odd, I think, uh, producing credits. Also, like if you look at the number of different categories that he has work, like credit under, it's pretty much everything. Like, the guy has done pretty much everything in well, he's, Hollywood. Well,
1: he's kind of a one-man show. He he writes, not, not all the time, but a lot of the time. He didn't write this one. Um, he also edits his own films, and he shoots his own films. He's a cinematographer on, on almost all of his own films. Um, so he's, you know, he, he's an interesting guy, but he's never really made a, a work that's wowed me totally, I don't think. Well... I mean, I... I oh, go ahead.
0: Can I interrupt you yeah. about that? I mean... He's a guy who has that many credits, but I feel like I've never caught on to a particular style that he has, or even uh, a pati- particular like theme that he likes to work with. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. if, if anything, maybe there are some actors that he uses more often. But but even still, I feel like he's a guy who he can do any level of work. Like I've seen, uh, like like you were talking about Logan Lucky versus even this movie it's like there's mm. there's totally different levels of production going on. So you know it's weird he's like a guy who doesn't seem to have even like a standard level of production that he works at. Yeah. Um which is interesting. I mean that I you know he it, coming away from this one because this one was uh what this unsane was shot entirely on an iPhone.
1: Yeah, this was a super cheapy movie. Um it's funny i mean it looks cheaper than i think than it actually ended up being it's it's a it's a movie he made for under two million dollars and uh which interesting the interesting fact it i read is that it was the same budget as his you know big uh detra- well it's like kind of premiere yeah um sex and lies and videotape and it just shows you how much less you get for that money in 2018 <laughs> as opposed to 1990 uh but it was shot entirely on an iphone um you know, and, and it looks it. I mean, it's an ugly looking movie. Yeah,
0: I will say, like, I don't think that we talk very often or at all about, like, the equipment used in making a film. But this one is a... I feel like this film, you can't talk about it without mentioning that fact. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty obviously video. It's not film. You mm-hmm. know, there, there's a very distinct lack of that uh, depth of field there's, you know, the, the the scope of the angle of the I, I don't even I don't have the vocabulary for this because I lack this yeah. technical knowledge, but <laughs> I know it when I see it and you can tell that the lens with which it's shot, even though like iPhones have great lenses, the lens is not the same. It's not capturing the same amount of visual information. So you you kind of have to accept when you watch this film, like you'd probably be better off watching it on your phone than on a big screen.
1: Well, I mean, I, I think, I think it goes for a certain effect. It's a stylized thing. I think he was, I th- I'm sh- I bet you that was part of the reason Soderbergh was interested in the project was to see if he could, he could make something on an iPhone and have it come out as a movie. And I think he did. I mean, I, I think it's like, it's similar to me to like the Blair witch project in that it's a stylized thing. I mean, and and that's a movie that worked pretty well in theaters, mm-hmm. even though it looked like crap on purpose, you know.
0: Yeah, but that was that was in keeping with the theme of the film. Like that was that was built into yeah. that film's structure and its storytelling and it, everything.
2: It's this one, I thing.
0: think, it's it's interesting because I don't feel like Steven Soderbergh is a guy who attempts like. Like stunts, you know what I mean. This is kind of feels like a stunt. Like, can you can you as like a successful Hollywood director shoot an entire movie, a feature length film, on an iPhone? And you know, like, you can, you can. It's yeah. not the best choice, but it's like a Roger Corman choice. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I I felt like coming away from this, I was like trying to remember exactly like what quote. I had heard from Roger Corman about making his movies, and I the best that I could f- figure out was that he, he was like his philosophy was always to be fast, cheap, and profitable like yeah that was that was always roger Car- and you know he was a prolific filmmaker mm-hmm. or still is i mean he's still making film right
1: yeah yeah well i don't know if he's still directing but he's still alive anyway
0: yeah anyways that guy you know he had like just this rule of like you you just do it fast you do it for the least amount of money you can and you have to always keep in mind that you're trying to entertain your audience and so i feel like steven soderbergh was using that particular set it, of rules. If that's the
1: test, I think he passed that test, but it Certainly. is a giant mixed bag of a film. It is. As we were getting at. So so this movie is is uh it's really a, like a, a genre piece for him um it it's it really works as a horror movie i think that's by and large what i would what i would call it it's it's pretty much like a you know a thriller horror movie
0: i would put it more on the thriller end than the horror and it was actually kind of one of those things where with the previews we saw before it were a lot of them were for um straight up horror films like yeah. Blumhouse house horror films and stuff and i i thought wait why why are we seeing oh, yeah. these <laughs> yeah but it's not like like i mean it, a it,
1: thinking person's horror film a it's kind of a horror thinking film. person's horror film yeah but but so so anyways the, the movie, like I, I can tell what he was trying to do. He was trying to do a movie that had so much momentum that you get caught up in the story and, and it just follows you through. I mean, it carries you through to the end of it, right? Mm-hmm. But if you stop and think about this, the, the story itself makes no sense whatsoever. It's set in a universe that is so unreal to America, uh, to any, any place, like any, any sort of like reality of how the world works. Um, and, and that's okay. Like like some of my favorite movies do that, you know. Um, I, I it reminds me somewhat of like the Halloween movies a little bit, like like where if you stop and think about it, they make no sense whatsoever. But if you but you don't because you're caught up in it. I don't think it quite worked for him, but I can see I can see parts where it does, and I can see scenes where where it comes together or where, where you'd be excited about what you're making or you feel like this is a really strong thing. And the central performance from uh Claire Foy, who I haven't seen in too much else. I know that she's uh she's currently in, in that that movie, the what is it called? The, the Crown. I think it's or a TV, the TV series. Show, the Crown.
0: Yeah. And she plays Queen Elizabeth. She
1: plays Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> which is great. Uh which people like. But she's she's she does an interesting job here. And and initially in the film, I thought I I I was pretty nonplussed by her. I thought like, you know, she 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 makes this choice to play her character as very unlikable she's got this like she's a she's a british person herself but she's she's doing an american accent a a kind of pseudo boston accent and it's this very flat like you know uh vocal fry filled voice and it's 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 kind of annoying and her character itself herself is like very brittle very sort of like um she's not warm and pleasant (laughs) Oh.
0: No, and she doesn't come across as especially feminine. No, no. She has
1: She makes a bunch She's obviously
0: of... a woman, but she's not open, inviting, yeah. courteous,
1: you know, friendly. Any of
0: any of those like, you know, oh, all good girls should be this kind of traits. She doesn't have them. She
1: she makes some interestingly like morally suspect choices throughout the film, I think, which we we can get to a little bit later on. But uh she commits to this role fully she plays this unlikable main character in a way that you don't see a lot of women doing in in film um she's not concerned with the with the audience liking her and i i think that the iphone cinematography plays up to that too this is not a movie that makes the actors look good at all you know like claire foy i'm sure is a very beautiful woman but you wouldn't really know that from this movie
0: she looks average she just
1: looks like a like and like anybody that's one of those things about shooting on iPhone iphones you you know you make your your actors look just like any people basically
0: mm-hmm. yeah um <laughs> <laughs> i don't know where to go from there about this
1: <coughs> you don't know where to go no um well well you know so so let's get to the the meat of the story really so this is this is a story um that's about you know, a woman being stalked, a woman with a stalker, uh, who is told she's insane. There's so many things about it that really resonate with, like I think the cultural moment that 2018 is—the whole entire Me Too movement, the entire like the idea that that women out there have had had it up to here with like sexual harassment, especially workplace sexual harassment.
0: Which they show. They, I mean, they show. I know. There's on. Yeah, I will say that there's um some parts of this that have, have like nice subtlety and realism about, you know, women and just how they, like what they have to deal with on a daily basis and whatnot. Um, like when her boss is kind of like sort of coming on to her.
1: Uh, he's coming on to her. Well, yeah, but it, so. but I mean
0: like he's not like groping her or anything, no. but she's just kind of and the way that she deals with it is like, okay, I'm going to go back to work now. You know, like yeah. I'm not giving you any encouragement whatsoever i'm going back to work but
1: she's also not making a scene about it um, no which certainly. is interesting and, and you know an interesting choice you know and i think like i said i think that a lot of that plays to uh current sort of media obsessions about about this sort of gender relations and, and the other thing too is this the soccer character in it is an interesting choice i mean he's not like i feel like if this were the 80s, yeah. be james spader uh, you know like, well- <laughs> You know, ah. he'd, he'd be a creepy looking like suave guy that ends up being a stalker, right? Yeah. That's but, sort of the old version. This guy is like a shut-in nerd type, 40-year-old yeah, virgin. Yeah, I'm
0: pretty sure he's meant to be completely unattractive to yeah. anybody. Like there's no romance or glamour about exactly. this guy.
1: And I feel like that that's on purpose. That's, a, that's sort of a vision of toxic masculinity that... <laughs> That is, but but he's
0: also like he's not a a hard guy. He's he's kind of like a soft, um, you know, like sensitive kind of guy. You know, he. I I will say also, like you know, he definitely doesn't come off as as dangerous necessarily. Like she has this intense reaction to him. But it's almost one of like, you know, like the sickening, cloying kind of this person won't leave me alone sort of feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really different choice, too, than uh, I think that I was expecting, actually. Um, He he also, they demonstrate that he's never actually threatened her. Like his method of stalking is pretty much like uh, almost like unrelenting attention that's like, like almost like puppy dog love. And um
1: And it's creepy, but it's not but it seems like it the movie almost it makes doesn't you think seem that dangerous. she's overreacting at first. <coughs> That's one of the interesting things it does. It also has her like when she gets committed you know, um, and and she's confronted by sort of weird people or people that might seem threatening to her. She <laughs> reacts with violence. Yeah, she she's a, she's
0: actually the more violent. She's of a them. proactive
1: person. So yeah, it's like, I also
0: love that she gets a really good punch in. I will say, I, I find that this is something that's happening more and more with women in film that they're just like actually physically like able to defend themselves she actually does a pretty good job of it in this and and you have reason to believe like she probably has taken some self-defense courses but i really like being able to see women in film like seriously like make contact with their fist in someone's face, it's it's nice to finally see that. So
1: she's not like an in- incapable character for for a female character. No, in you a don't film, feel like you know. she's
0: defenseless or helpless no, or anything. No, You
1: feel like she could kind of handle herself. Physically. Yeah. And and that's that's interesting. You know, she's a she's she's uh, she's like I said, she's an interesting character because she's not trying to be likable, um, and it sort of skews the film for the first half in this way that then I I think the idea was it was going to play off in the second half and and it almost does i think that the the uh the character david Striner, who's the stalker he's played by an actor uh named joshua leonard
0: who we who, haven't seen in a while
1: well you know it <laughs> isn't that long but but he's still by far best known for playing the character josh leonard in the blair witch project all which we mentioned ago.
0: earlier yeah, in yeah. terms of equipment so he's, and storytelling. One of guys.
1: he's one of the and then he was also in, in uh, one of those mumblecore movies called Hump Day that I think he, he did a, a better actual acting job. He's kind of terrible in this movie.
2: Yeah,
0: I will say I, I just guessed that this was like this guy's first movie. and It is not. It's kind of sad to see that between Blair Witch Project and now he hasn't been taking any acting classes. Well... Or at least if he has been, it was a huge waste of money because he, I think he was better in Blair Witch Project. Yeah, <laughs> all mean, those years ago. The, the more part natural is, is
1: pretty difficult to find a way into, you know, because he is he is like he's like that puppyish thing, and he's got to try to find this threatening person underneath. Because yeah, in the second half of the movie, he does end
0: up killing. Yeah, alert, he
1: kills people. Yeah, you find um, out that he's
0: murdered people, and and
1: but but so you know, like there's different ways of doing that. I, we we watched like a what, that Goldie Hawn thriller with John heard recently where he's like a husband who who has a secret life and Mm -hmm. so he's got to like have this sort of like psychopathic like you know split personality conversation with himself about you got to do what needs to be done you know (laughs) and 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 that you see you see how he found a way into that sort of split this guy didn't really do anything. well this guy guy doesn't
0: have a split he's just like obsessive like he's, he's a very ill person and he's obsessive and also he has you know i think going back to how He's not, he doesn't seem dangerous or threat. He never threatens violence towards, uh, towards, wait, what's her name again? Sawyer, Sawyer Valentine. Which also, Valentini. Can, I ju- can I just say Sawyer Valentine? He's like one of the weirdest character names
2: I think I've ever heard. I think it's heard. kind of. It's I, great. I, she I, does
0: have a moment where she explains that it's like her grandfather's name I or still something. I think it's a
2: bad character name. Which
0: I, I'm actually named after both of my grandfather's middle names and my name didn't turn out that weird, so. Just saying, it's possible your, to your have a
1: grandfather's middle name was Emily.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Nick, you know this. Anyways, um, but so he never really he never threatens her, and actually, for me, that was one of the letdowns of this movie because it seems to be taking um an opportunity to 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 deal with like women and how women and you know women right now are dealing with Tinder bullshit and. It's terrible. It's terrible well, because... It's
1: because Tinder is in is features in this film. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, she, and she she tries using Tinder, and she's very in control of it. But but no, we're at a moment where like a lot of women in society around my age and, and younger are resorting to social media to find dates, and mm-hmm. it's terrible. Let me just tell you, all of the stories I have heard make me so glad I'm not dating right now because. It's terrible. Guys have a presumption of of like ownership over every single woman that they see a picture of, mm. and then they, you know, try to talk to them in the worst way possible, and assume way too much uh, familiarity, and then get really, really, really rude when women draw back. Uh, like, like that's gonna make them feel. I guess maybe it makes them feel better. I don't know. Anyways. My point is that this character never does any of that lashing out when Sawyer retreats from him, and that's one of the major differences I can see between the the events in this film and like what it's kind of trying to get at with reality right now.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean that that's a way they could have gone. I, I, think, I think that it's a conscious choice what they did do, um, and I yeah, think yeah. you
0: even you even realize that this whole movie might actually resemble greatly like a new yorker short story Oh yeah, there's a, there a really that popular you know, their
1: they're, they're biggest fiction uh bonanza since Shirley Jackson's the lottery uh, a story called cat person by Kristen Rupanian I think is
0: her name it's a difficult name to say um
1: but but it's basically about a, a young woman uh early 20s or whatever who who goes on a, a really terrible date with an awkward balding uh you know slightly overweight guy who I think in the character description fits everything that, uh, you know, Josh Leonard is, is cast and uh, made up to look like.
0: Right. With a beard and with the
1: beard and everything, you know, kind of
0: doughy face. Yeah, exactly. So,
1: and, and, and has this like has terrible sex with the person. And then, you know, um, the guy thinks that they're in a relationship and she doesn't want to be, and she sort of ignores him. And then he eventually like, you know, sends her like increasingly awkward text messages till he, yeah, you know, sends one last one calling her like a fucking bitch at the end of the story. And we're out, you know, and and a lot of people read this as a, a, a real portrait of like romance in, you know, the, the era of Tinder or a real like, you know, mo- a modern short story. And I think it does like it does contend with, I think, like actual people's experiences in, in a literature way that you don't really get out of like, you know, that, that's not really in literature. Literature yeah. hasn't really dealt with things like the Internet. Yeah, well,
0: literature you know. otherwise is what, like 50 Shades of Grey? Well, no, that's, <laughs> see,
1: that that stuff's not even literature. I'm talking no, about like but I mean, serious like, stuff. When I'm talking are about reading, like. Yeah, yeah, you like, know.
0: Rom- the romances that you read about, it's it's not anything like no reality. No one's really
1: dealing with, with like, you know, the way that society has changed for young people or dating may have changed or whatever. You know? So it's, this is like an, a story of an empty attempt at romance that you know I mean people have been writing about for hundreds of years but it's just adapted to the modern world in, in an interesting way and really played with a lot of people um so I, I do think that that I mean I would be very surprised if Soderbergh didn't sort of key in on that when he was approaching this picture um so there's a lot of like this the coloring in this movie is very interesting because of that you know like a lot of that stuff it's not in the script necessarily. But 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 it is in the picture, and that's the stuff that I think that, that probably attracted him to, and that's the stuff that I think is interesting. The my problem with it is just that the center story, the actual script, and uh, the way it takes place makes no sense and is not any good. So so <laughs> well
0: yeah, that's that's a big problem. That's hard to get past.
1: Exactly. So so you know so this takes place in a in and in, she gets uh, involuntarily committed in a really bizarre way that would have never happened in the real world to a, you know, mental or for-profit mental institution, which is a great premise, sure. But that for-profit mental institution has, like, co-ed bedrooms?
0: Well, it just has, like, one big open dorm with beds in it, and they have so a, no
1: a, guard on duty all night. It's a big co It makes place, no sense. But it only has, like, six inmates or six people yeah. there. It's got, like, as many workers as it has. Well, uh, and patients. it's weird.
0: Did you notice they keep... We could get into all of these. But, like, did you notice that they kept showing this... Uh, aerial shot of the hospital and it's like this behemoth of a hospital. Yeah, and yet yeah. we only see this one ward and it makes it seem like that's the only thing going on in the hospital.
1: Exactly. And, I mean, and,
0: and, it, and the ward only has like,
1: like I don't know, maybe people. six
0: to eight people yeah, in it.
1: Um, I, you know, and it's co-ed and there's no guards there. So it's like, there's no
0: guards at night. I've never, I've never seen such a thing. No, no, it, doesn't ma- exist. it It makes no sense. It makes none of the sense. It really
1: makes none of the sense. And <laughs>
0: And anyway, a lot of a lot of it so, makes sense. And then of the also, sense. the
1: guy is supposed to be stalking her, right? How does he end up there?
0: Well, and and like what he just thinks like, oh, on the off chance that she's gonna get committed there, I'm gonna like kill the guy, one of the guys who's an orderly, and and like take his place so and that I can work there. Nobody's gonna notice
1: that David no Shrine is a different person.
0: No one's gonna notice. He's gonna just take the the badge. Of the guy that he kills, yeah. and it's all good. And nobody will, and, and like, it's not like there's a million employees again. This they is a clearly, small, small operation. They, they look really, well, Everybody it, knows each other what it by is, name. Is
1: all white people look the same, is really what it boils down to.
0: <laughs> you figured it and we out. We
1: all look like <laughs> you, Josh Leonard.
0: You've solved the mystery. <laughs> Oh my goodness! (laughs) I mean, all people looking like Josh Leonard might be why she keeps seeing his face everywhere. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. She doesn't have a problem. Exactly. Is that all the white dudes look the same? They all
1: look like Josh Leonard. Uh, So, so it's a you know like. The, the people that wrote the screenplay, I was just looking them up on IMDb. Do they have curious.
0: anything good that they've ever done? No, they have bad I, I, things. I, I would assume that anything else that they've ever touched They're has screen, been shit.
1: They, they, they wrote The Spy Next Door with Jackie Chan.
0: Never seen it.
1: And uh, Just My Luck.
0: Never seen it.
1: And Larry the Cable Guy Health Inspector.
0: Oh my God. Just My
1: Luck is a Lindsay Lohan movie uh, wow. from 2006. Is this,
0: is this like post like? you know, shoplifting Lindsay Lohan. No, that's pretty. It's, it's, so she thinks she's still like, <laughs> she's, she's still cute and young.
1: Yeah. She's still cute and young. In she that seems one. to have it together. Well, yeah, you know. this is
0: before everybody was ashamed of her. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah,
1: So, so anyways, so these guys do not have a good track record on the script. Mm, and, no. and I think that's the weak link here. Now there, there's a scene, um, late in the movie. So, well, uh, the stalker guy eventually ends up uh, trapping her in some sort of padded room in the basement of the mental institution.
0: Again, don't ask, don't ask. Don't you ask. just don't...
1: You know, it just <laughs> it happens. doesn't make
0: any sense. Uh, he's like changed her. Uh, her. He's
1: like, yeah, hey, I told him, I told him, the date... like, we let you out. So, they which think again, you got it if released.
0: this guy's like a new higher orderly, does he have authority to do that? I really don't think yeah, so. Yeah. It makes no goddamn sense no anyways no.
1: anyways so, so get on with it he, he traps her in this room and then he has this scene where he like tries to come and romance her basically um <laughs> and and they get this like that's really ever worked uh, she gets this really interesting monologue uh which which to me when i was watching i was like oh this is why steven soderbergh wanted to make this movie so he she gets to do this thing and this is probably why claire Foy wanted to be in this movie too where she gets to, like, have this speech about how, like, listen, you know, like, I am not, like, some sort of creature to be idealized. I am not what you think I am. You know nothing about me. Uh, I'm a messy, like, you know, not the nicest person. I'm a, I'm a, like, a fully human person. And, you know, and your bullshit ideas of romance are, like, have nothing to do with me at all basically.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty great speech because he, you know, he has like kind of the first half of the scene where he goes through like just kind of all of his insane ideas about what their romance is and why he just feels like he needs to be with her and da 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 da. da. And then uh and and she's she goes through, you know, being like really fearful of him initially to being like really angry at him and and when yeah when she gets angry she has this great opportunity for you know he he doesn't want to see her anger and she realizes like oh wait a minute this is this is the thing that like you know he like why would he actually genuinely love me like he doesn't he loves this idea he loves like an idea of what a woman is you know like and 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 like a woman as property is you know like the, yeah so it's a very modern yeah like it's a it's a great like kind of modern speech that she gets to have um you're right it it is actually pretty good and then it just
1: well, it, and then stoderbergh <laughs> the like ends of- it with him like going no No. or something like that with a really awful (laughs) echo effect and
0: then there's like a visual effect that's terrible it's like it's like
1: it's like it's like like x-files circa 1995 visual effects yeah but probably like worse than that so it's like he 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 takes what's the big scene in the movie what's like something that you would cut for like an acting class and he like he like basically puts like a whoopee pie at the end of it Yeah, basically. So it's you know, it's tough. And it's a shame. And from that point on, the movie gets kind of weird. Well, can we say that about it? Well, it
0: it? gets like slightly more violent. Things, you know, it gets it gets gets more accelerate uh, a little bit. Like the plot uh, accelerates
1: a bit. The plot accelerates, but but in a kind of a ridiculous way. You know, like like you know, that's when she sort of convinces him that, well, you know, since he's a virgin. He's (laughs) He's got a. <laughs> he's got to have some experience before, you know. She runs off and like lives as in his concubine in a cabin in the woods
0: with him. Which you know, so like oh so
1: he's got to like go kidnap this patient that she doesn't like because this patient threw a tampon at her, and like rape her in front of her. Like she literally says, yeah, you got to have sex with her in front of me.
0: Yeah you figure out why later i mean it's not like too mysterious yeah. cuz this this but other this is... other patient like keeps a shiv on her but, it, but
1: it's a pretty lurid like it's 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 almost like it belongs in well it seems in, out of character it but... belongs in wild things if you remember that movie i think like it's,
0: it's, it's, it's... <laughs> yeah well it's almost like maybe the character Sawyer saw wild things it was like huh, yeah it's I'm a pretty great like to do this.
1: early 90s terrible sexual thriller but moment. you know
0: but sawyer like earlier in the film when she's trying to get out of the hospital like it, it, when she's initially committed she kind of she does this like sweet talking to this woman orderly who's also like the worst actor i've ever seen in a feature film and uh and and so i feel like the the way in which she acts towards that female orderly is pretty similar, like in how unbelievable and insincere it is as to when she's trying to convince David to go and like, you know, get this other yeah, yeah. inmate and whatnot.
1: But it's, it's still, patient, it's still, uh, I should say. It's still like this, this, well, lurid, it's just ridiculous. Genre. Yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's where it, we're it edges onto the ridiculous. It's the
0: idea of like bad writers is all.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of fun. You know, I, I think that that's the sort of like awful, you enjoy that. Oh, that's the kind of awful. I, I
0: I will admit, like the character David's reaction to that when he kind of funny. he starts crying. I was I actually couldn't stop myself from laughing, and exactly. and, I, and then I felt badly because the other people in the theater weren't laughing, and I was like.
1: Well, oh, isn't this funny? You mean the funny? two other people you thought you, yeah, the other them? two
0: people. Be- well, I'm, I kind of more <laughs> felt like maybe they thought I was a really bad person then for laughing well, at that bit, but but
1: it's it's got it's got camp value. It was silly. I think it's got camp value. Yeah. So I, so yeah. And, and that's the thing about the movie in general. I mean, you know, I can. It's one of those things. Like I said, I mean, I like Steve Soderbergh. I, I see a lot of his movies. Um, oh, so I'll, he's
0: Steve to you? He's
1: Steve exactly. We're on a, we're on a first name basis. I kind of think his best movie ever might be Magic Mike. Oh hell yeah. Um which has got a lot of interesting things to say about like Bush era, you know, late, late Bush era America too. Um in the whole recession, you know, like uh, in 2008. But but anyways, this but, is a But yeah, a But lot. sorry. I just uh, couldn't well, help uh, myself. <laughs> we we'll transition with the butt from Magic Mike. <laughs> this movie insane, not to be confused with Unsane.
0: Insane
1: is kind of a failed experiment. Uh, you can see what he was ch- attempting. You can see sort of w- the admirable like nature of some of what he was attempting, but it's really let down by the fact that the script does not hold its water at all. This boat does not float. This scene is not un... I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's like... There's some there's some like decent pieces of it, and then there's terrible stuff yeah. going on there. Like I said, I mean, there's the scenes between the characters David and that female orderly are like like pretty much embarrassing to watch. There's two of them, and I ah, it's yeah. like it's so it just makes you feel like sad for the actors and for like anyone that knows. they're just like so amateur. I mean there's there's a difference between like using low grade equipment but putting it in the hands of a very experienced director and having actors who come off as being incredibly amateur on low grade equipment. <laughs> I think I think that when you get into that combination of things, it 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 just like feels like a failure, you know? It feels like something you're like, <laughs> oh I'm kinda of sad that this exists in the world. It's sad. I see. I mean, it's, you know, I, really, I think it's great. that It's not makes like I hated legit. this film or anything. It's not a terrible film. It's just a shitty it, it's a shitty looking film. And there's some really shitty acting that goes into. Oh, also, we didn't mention Matt Damon shows up in it yeah, briefly. Yeah. I mean, like, so you have like terrible, like really below the bar acting. And then you have Matt Damon.
1: Yeah, but I mean, what the hell? I I, th- I think Claire Foy does a really no, no. Claire Claire you know. Foy
0: is if she wasn't as good an act, I have never seen her in anything else. Apparently, I, or maybe I've seen her in some bad stuff and didn't notice her.
1: Yes, but, you you have seen her. Oh, Let me season tell of tell the tell witch, you. season yeah, of the witch. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, cage I movie, ca- Yeah, where she is the witch. She is the witch. It's true.
0: Anyways, this film, I would say, you can tell that she's capable of carrying something. That looks low quality. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing flashy about this, and she's capable of carrying it to the best extent that she can. Yeah. So, bravo to her, you know, but, but like, what the? It's just some of it was so, so bad. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. it is
1: what it is. And uh, we saw it on the $5 Tuesday, and that's, I think, the perfect way. The perfect price to pay yeah, for tickets. Yeah, I actually for
0: this. think that I would rather have seen it on a much smaller screen.
1: Yeah, but but I'm all I'm saying is I'm glad. You no, know, it didn't would be awesome the...
0: to see it on one of those. You remember those TVs that were like portable? You have yeah. the handle, and they're like black and white. That's that's how I imagine this looking best.
1: This movie, if if you could discover it as like a, a beat up VHS tape, you know, in the back of a rental place, yeah, you you'd think it's a kind of a cool like you know discovery, definitely. But as as you know, the brand new movie from you know. Multiple Oscar nominee like, Steven Soderbergh, yeah,
0: prolific filmmaker who had Logan Lucky come out last year that was really, really it, like
1: a much better movie, way in in every like, possible really way,
0: really good, like you know fulfilling all of the like checking off all the boxes of like is yeah. this a real film? But
1: nobody went and saw it, so now he's punishing yeah. us with this one.
0: I you know I would say in <laughs> in like wrapping this this conversation up about this movie, I would say dudes, treat yourself to seeing Logan Lucky. Just forget about insane. I mean, unless you're gonna like discover it on VHS tape someday, you know, which like, is not possible. I, I think
1: if you if you want to see a horror movie that speaks a lot to current gender relation issues in a way, this is almost that horror movie. Um, but you should watch it and then write a better one of your own.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, that would be a good idea.
1: That's what I w- I would recommend. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about our our other movie. We're going to talk about which is uh, Rome Adventure. The 1962 Delmer Davies picture. Uh, <laughs> once again, so I, I have this kind of obsession with uh, sort of, I mean, it started with like the sex comedies in the 1960s and it's moved into the sex dramas as well.
0: Yeah, which I think before we've talked about like, uh, uh, uh
1: dean yeah um, yeah we talked about a couple dean martin pictures yeah so i've seen most of these things i mean you know the the gold standard is of course the doris day rock hudson ones like pillow talk this
0: one is i think on a different kind of scale this is this is
1: melodrama so this is sort of like this is not a comedy this is like like douglas sirk's pictures but terrible um (laughs) you know but but the 60s were an interesting time and i think that they're they're the early 60s i'm talking i'm talking like the pre-hippie 60s we'll put it that way the pre-hippie 60s were a very interesting time in America, uh, socially and culturally. And I This think is they the have... part
0: of the 60s that was really, it f- still felt like the 50s.
1: Well, to, for some people it did. Yeah, exactly. It, but things were changing. And, and I think that, that, you know, the culture felt unmoored in a way that's similar to, I think, what's going on in 2018 in America, um, you know. So, so a lot of things were being questioned, a lot of fundamental ideas about about uh, the, the relationship between genders and races and, and all kinds of stuff, teenagers and adults, all, all that stuff, basically. You know, uh, uh, citizens and their government. I mean, we had a president get assassinated back then even. <coughs> but but it's, it's one of those things that uh, society didn't know what was what, and the movies reflected that. And so there's a lot, a lot of these movies that sort of uh, make a show of of kind of questioning the social order, but then they usually retreat back into it by the end of it, and kind of you know. Yeah, like they they ways. poke
0: at like loose morals. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. can we have loose morals? And then the answer at the end is no. So, well, actually, the answer is women can't, men can, yeah. which is usually the answer. Which is usually right? the answer. Yeah, these movies are like all about the double standard. I will say that, that we should just call this genre. The Double standard the double genre because it's always about women sort of like trying to live a more sexually adventurous mm-hmm. life and then and and, and they kind of tantalizingly get close to it
1: and they never quite get and
0: there. then they don't but the whole time the men are just being pigs you know what I mean like well, yeah, the yeah. whole time a
1: lot of times the woman and, is played by by Jane Fonda who was like a <laughs> professional virgin up until you know uh, <laughs> basically Barbarella I think
0: until now <laughs> <laughs>
1: 82 years old and still a professional virgin (laughs) admirable
0: do you think she gets business cards made up like that
1: Uh, she should (laughs) jane bonnet
0: professional virgin
1: but anyway so rome adventure was was a a big budget follow-up to a movie called a summer place which was a huge hit in 1959 it was a this melodrama um starring a guy who was a teen heartthrob at the time named Troy Donahue.
0: Oh my God, this guy! Let me just tell you, looking at his face, you kind of just want to like set his head on
1: fire. He looks like nothing so <laughs> much as a young Donald Trump. <laughs> he just, oh my he's God,
0: he's got this
1: like this like bloated, uh, you know, he's blonde got like these
0: giant fish lips that kind of face sp- thing pucker out.
1: It's a very interesting. He can thing.
0: basically never emote.
1: So he was like huge he in the early sixties. He kind of always 60s. looks like
0: a giant. And, and asshole and
1: then his career tanked and he became an alcoholic and for a while he was homeless and then he like you know died kind of a sad death in the the early 90s i believe um but he was really big in the early 60s uh you know like like as screaming crowds of of girls followed him everywhere i think it's just because he had
0: blonde hair and blue eyes
1: you think so? Well, I mean, but Pretty a lot much of people had blonde hair and blue eyes. The blonde eyes.
0: hair and the blue eyes. A lot of people
1: had blonde hair and blue eyes, you know? And
0: a baby face. I don't know.
1: Yeah, but he's he's not a good actor. Oh, this guy's terrible. Um, like I said, he can't emote. But he is a really interesting figure to have as, like, you know, I think this this idea of the the, the male that women want in movies. Uh, so he's, like, the object of desire in a really a weird way. Uh, he's, he's interesting, too, because he's not, like, obviously homosexual, like, say, I think Rock Hudson was in most of his movies. But he's 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 always looks on the verge of like, I don't know, either crying or or I don't know. I mean, that might have
0: been the alcohol.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He looks confused a lot of the time. It's
0: probably because he was in a drunken stupor. So
1: so the time. So this movie, though, is about a a young woman named Prudence. Of course. Who's a librarian at a girl's school, um, but loses her job because she has given a racy book to one of her students. It's her favorite book. And in a little touch of postmodernism. The book that she is giving to people is actually the book that the film itself is based on. So it's a little like, you know, so crazy wheels within wheels there, guys. That's kind of like (laughs) a little little Borges plot twist, I think. Um, But they don't really play with that very much. But that's like the most clever thing that happens in the entire thing. Um, So after she quits her job or is fired, forced out either one, I don't know. She she uh, she decides she's going to take a Rome Rome vacation adventure to find herself and hopefully to get laid. <laughs> uh I mean, that's literally. I think they
0: almost say that in that's those like the words. Plot point. Yeah, um, I, and and I love that. Like she basically says that to her parents in the beginning as yeah, she's leaving exactly. on the
1: boat. <laughs> so, so she immediately meets meets a sleazy Italian man on the boat, but then you know uh fate uh, uh, sort of conspires to keep him out of her pants by uh, saddling her with a friend of her parents, uh, you know, or, or the son of a friend of her parents. So both these men, like you know, basically compete at keeping uh, poor Prudence from losing her virginity for a little bit of the movie until she meets good old Troy Donahue. Um, it is a bizarre movie. It is very like it's once it's from 1962, but it's very stuck in the 1950s from everything about it. It features you know cameos from such you know youth pop icons as Al Hurt. Which you know, people who are not record <laughs> store people may not know is one of those things you just throw away because no one in, in God's wants green earth I
0: don't buys know, these anybody records. that has like fond feelings about Al He's Hark. he's
1: like a really terrible, you know, fake jazz trumpet player uh, from the '50s. You know, who's who kind of looks like I don't know, Dom DeLuise. Uh, like he's Dom got DeLuise?
0: almost more of a like a i don't want to say orson welles because i like orson Welles, yeah. and it would be shaming you know to to say he looks like orson welles. But A rather large man this guy's like a house yeah. with a beard and so
1: he he cameos as himself in this movie and he plays like the most disgusting He just like enters version. the film
0: being like oh here's my italian woman who's basically my sex slave let me grope her in front of you he's
1: like he's like and look then, at this nice piece and he's like yeah. Turn for the people it's really weird it's super gross and then he gets in a bar fight and like that's it So it's, it's really, it's, it's very interesting because of like the way that it shows uh, society. Once again, like it is really weird. Um, But, but one of the things I like about it is it's, so it's, it's, uh, it's got all the, it's, it's filmed in Rome and it has, so much of it is kind of like a documentary. It's kind of like a travel log, a little bit. Yeah,
0: it's like watching like Rick Steves Rome, and you know? get these really
1: beautiful shots of of Rome and the the uh, antiquities around it, and the Colosseum, and Leaning Tower of Pisa, all these sort of things in Italy. um In you know, in the early 1960s shot on beautiful cameras, and so that part of the movie is really kind of cool. The luxurious interiors are great. It's 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 you know, when Hollywood was at its luxurious best in, in when it comes to set design and and camera work and all that sort of stuff. So so I find it pretty fascinating, but the gender relations are something else.
0: Oh God. They're so we watched the whole film and like basically after every single line that the Prudence character delivered, we we just added said no woman ever. Yeah. Because seriously, she's like constantly being like oh i i'm a helpless woman i don't know what to do i'm in love with this guy who's like basically wants to dominate me and it's just
1: it's so weird it's just
0: off it's so awful and it just makes you want to like i said it just makes you want to set troy donahue's head on fire but
1: i do think it's kind of funny because it's so awful i mean this is the thing like i i kind of find these movies really hilarious they they're so campy uh, Picnic's another one that's like this too, you know. Like they're just, they're just like they're they're failed melodramas, and when melodrama fails so spe- spectacularly, I, I think it really becomes uh, one of my favorite kind of comedies.
0: But it does have a lot of very provocative dialogue. I mean, they, they you know they they talk a lot about sex in this. There's yeah. a lot of different characters that talk all the time about sex you know there's basically this huge acknowledgement that like why do you go to rome as a young woman oh because you want to have sex with like lots like all of the italian guys and 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 there's like constant acknowledgement about how lechy all of the italian guys are which yeah i mean it's it's a huge stereotype even now i guess but it certainly is like it, it's one of those things where you sort of feel like oh my god like who wants to go on vacation and just be like pod and and like you know have your butt grabbed constantly as you just try to walk around and see the sights but like these women Constance in this film Forward does yeah these women in this film like constantly are like oh but i want to have that you know yeah. and, and, and it just makes you feel like why? Why are? Why am I watching? Like who? Who? Oh, okay, a man wrote this yeah.
2: because a man <laughs> thinks that this is what women.
0: Well, it's just like a weird thing because, like, obviously, you know, for like a sexual revolution to be brewing at that time socially, there's clearly some acknowledgement that uh, from from men that like they know that like oh wait women want to get it on okay so then they just assume like the worst things ever about the ways in which. Men should demonstrate their willingness towards women, and th- you know that's like what's going on in this is like constantly you have like a like this kind of like idea on of that's obviously a really ill advised man's idea about how they should try to get women's attention, mm-hmm. and so and so that it's just God, it just makes you want to smack somebody.
1: It makes, it's funny. uh At one point, Angie Dickinson talks about having sex to uh susa marches yeah uh, the stars and stripes forever i think is yeah the, the she one that says they'd...
0: to this poor albert character she's like have you ever made love to stars and stripes forever and he's like no and she's like you don't know what you're missing and you're like
1: then you've what? never lived i believe what? is the oh yeah line. yeah
0: that's even but better you've never lived it, what I mean? the- it, see, who has ever do you think that there were like a lot of people after that that tried having sex yes, with that music I think playing? people in
1: the early 60s probably went home and they're like oh, I don't know I just, it just didn't really work <laughs> for me I, I,
2: <laughs> they I, I must add, not have been doing it right I need to
0: add a little bit of excitement to my love life maybe I'll put on some Stars Sousa marches that's like really there's a lot of things about this movie that actually in, in like I think trying to be provocative are actually like the least sexy thing I can ever imagine that's what's funny about it um, it does make Get funny yeah because yeah. it's so ill-advised it's like but,
1: but once again i mean you know you know how famously like like uh, uh uh galileo argued about how the 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 sun was the center of the solar system rather than the earth was the center of the solar system but he did it in a book that actually like then refuted that because he wasn't allowed to you know what i mean like famously galileo's argument was 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 you know Well, all this science proves that the sun is the center of the solar system. But of course, we all know that's not true because God says so.
2: Mm -hmm. You
1: know, these movies remind me of that sort of thing because they're all like, they tiptoe up to the verge of the sexual revolution and then they take it back. But they don't really take it back.
0: Oh, so you think they're, they're like implanting the idea in women's brains with with like this film, for example, being like, hey, ladies, if you've secretly been desiring to get it on, just go to Rome.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like and this it,
0: lady didn't, like Prudence didn't go all the way with that Italian lechy guy, but you could. Because he
1: decided not to. Which yeah, because- No Italian man. He
0: decided. I know. <laughs> what the hell? You were, that whole scene, when prudence like decides to give it up in because troy donahue kind of like snubs her and so she goes to this italian this super lecce italian guy's house and he's she the guy from the boat in, in the beginning yeah, yeah and she's like well I'm i'm gonna try to like learn how to be this fantastic love maker from this guy which seriously oh worst idea ever <laughs> anyways but like she tries to like do it with him and i'm like i'm like well Given the formula that these movies usually follow, sh- they're not going to be able to hook up. But I just can't see this character in any way turning her down. And then he does. And
1: then he does. <laughs>
0: it's like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. It's like all of a sudden, like the Catholic Church started writing the script from yeah, that moment. Exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> it's uh, It rings so hollow. And that's one of those things I find fascinating about these sort of movies. Um, and then also, let's just let me leave you with the the other little piece of trivia from this that I think is really interesting. So Emily's favorite character was this uh, the Baxter of the movie, yeah, uh, a character named Albert who really loves stuttering. He's the guy.
0: The, uh, he's the guy that kind of rescues her on the boat initially. Who's the son of her parents? And he's really boring.
1: Friends. And he's like,
0: he's into the Etruscans. Anyway he kind of looks like a uh, like a like a Norman Bates kind of character. Like he's got this sort of like tall lanky thing going on and he's a little bit self-conscious and he's uh not very suave at all or not suave at all and he has he's actually like the only person in this film that you're like oh my god he he's an actor
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's an actor on screen he's a guy named Hampton Fancher and uh nerds out there might know this but he is actually most famous now as a screenwriter because he's the man who wrote both Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049 so he's still around and still working um, and working more on some really interesting now, things.
0: Way more relevant now than anybody uh, else. Than anybody than else. Donahue. Anybody else in that <laughs>
1: film. I mean,
0: even if there are people living from that film, it it's way more Albert's revenge.
1: revenge. Who matters in 2018? <laughs> Certainly <laughs> it not is Troy kinda,
0: It is kind of great that he plays the guy who is like, you know, yeah. sort of like... Uh, doesn't get the girl you know is kind of always uh at the butt of the jokes and stuff in the film and yet he's actually like probably way more successful than any of them yeah totally i like that that's a bit of social justice i feel like
1: all right so uh so that's i think all we're going to talk about this week and we'll see you again next week for possibly the new steven spielberg nerd picture ready player one, I think
0: is one. we could yeah we
1: could go see that one all
0: right thanks for listening
2: safety To see me dead, you'll never get my help. Don't even see me, you see something else and you. You say love like it protects all the filthy things you do. stages act from raging and will no, think that I'm crazy, I'm not crazy about myself. If you want to see me dead you'll never get my help.